part five chapters eight through eleven of a vital question or what is to be done by nikolai chernyshevsky translated by nathan haskell dole eighteen fifty two to nineteen thirty five and others this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part five new people and the finale chapter eight after these occurrences katerina vasilievna was long melancholy but her melancholy though developed by this state of things was not at all attributable to this special state of things there are characters to whom a special fact in itself has very little interest and serves only to engender general ideas which act upon them with much greater power if such people possess remarkably strong minds they become reformers nowadays just as in ancient times they became great philosophers kant fichte hegel never worked out private questions it was too tedious for them this of course is true only of men women according to the prevailing idea have very little understanding nature did not give it them just as she did not give a clean face to blacksmiths straight backs to tailors a delicate sense of smell to shoemakers all this is nature it is for this reason that there are no women of great intellect people of weak minds and with tendency of character become phlegmatic even to apathy people of ordinary brains are inclined to melancholy to a quiet life and are generally imaginative this does not signify that they are chimerical in a good many cases the imagination is weak and they are very positive people they simply love a quiet reverie katerina vasilievna had been in love with jean solovtsov on account of his letters she was dying with love founded only on her imagination it may readily be seen that she was inclined to be very romantic and frivolous life led by the trivial people who frequented polozov's house did not at all dispose her to an exalted idealism this shows that this feature of her character arose from her own nature she had long been burdened by the frivolity of that kind of life she loved to read and dream and now she was troubled not only by its frivolity but by the wealth with which she was surrounded it must not be thought that because she had this feeling she had an extraordinary nature it is common among all wealthy women of a humble and retiring character in her it developed earlier than ordinary simply because she had early received a powerful lesson whom shall i believe what shall i believe she asked herself after the episode with solovtsov and it seemed to her that nobody and nothing were worthy of her faith her father's riches attracted the envious cunning deceitful from the whole city she was surrounded by avaricious men by liars by flatterers every word that was said to her was calculated with a view to her father's millions her thoughts kept growing more serious she began to get interested in the general questions arising from the wealth that troubled her so much as well as in those arising from the poverty which troubled others her father gave her plenty of pin money but like any other good woman she used it in helping the poor but she read and thought and began to notice that such help as she could give did less good than she had reason to expect she began to see that she was constantly deceived by feigned or knavish poverty that people worthy of aid able to make good use of such money scarcely ever got any solid good from it it lifts them temporarily out of their poverty 
but in half a year or a year these people are in the same situation again she began to think why should money ruin people why does this importunate poverty never leave the poor and why are there so many poor who are as unreasonable and bad as the rich she was a person of imagination but her imaginations were gentle like her character and there was just as little brilliancy about them as there was in herself her favourite author was george sand but she never imagined herself to be lelia or indiana or cavalcanti or consuelo she more often imagined herself to be jeannette or genevieve genevieve was her favourite heroine here she is going through the field and is gathering flowers which will serve as models of her handiwork here she meets andre such quiet meetings here they discover that they love each other such were her imaginations and she knew that they were only imaginations and she loved to dream how enviable was the lot of miss nightingale that quiet unostentatious little woman of whom scarcely anything was known except that she was loved by all england was she young was she rich or poor was she happy or unhappy about this nothing is said about this nothing is thought every one blesses the little woman who was a ministering angel in the english hospitals of the crimea and scutari and who at the end of the war while returning to her native land with hundreds saved by her still continued to take care of the sick such were the dreams whose fulfilment katerina vasilievna would have liked to see her fancy did not carry her beyond the thoughts of genevieve and miss nightingale can one say that she was fanciful can one call her imaginative genevieve in a frivolous contemptible society of fops and empty-headed dandies miss nightingale in idle grandeur would not they be lonesome wouldn't they be melancholy and therefore katerina vasilievna was rather more glad than sorry when her father failed she was sorry to see him who had been so strong growing prematurely old she was sorry also that her ability to help others was curtailed at first it was offensive to see the scorn of the crowd which had crawled and cringed before her and her father but she was also glad that this mean pitiable wretched crowd had deserted them had ceased to burden her life to arouse her indignation by their falsehood and degradation she felt so free now hopes of happiness arose in her heart now if any one shows me any devotion it will be for myself alone and not for my father's millions chapter nine polozov was anxious to arrange for the sale of the stearine factory of which he was part owner and had been the manager after more than half a year of energetic effort he found a purchaser on the purchaser's visiting cards was engraved the name charles beaumont not pronounced charles beaumont as the ignorant might suppose but in the true english fashion beaumont and it was entirely natural that it was pronounced so for the purchaser was the agent of the london house of hodgson lauder and company for the purchase of tallow and stearine the factory could not exist under the wretched financial and administrative conduct of its shareholders but in the hands of a solid firm it would be sure to bring great profits after spending on it five or six hundred thousand roubles the firm could count on having one hundred thousand roubles of profits the agent was a conscientious man he looked over the factory with great care and examined the books in detail before he advised the firm to buy the property 
then followed negotiations with the stockholders in regard to the selling of the factory they were excessively long and according to the nature of russian business transactions even the patient greeks who spent ten years in the siege of troy would have found them tedious and polozov all this time was with the agent according to the old custom of being hospitable to people who are of use and he invited him to dinner every day the agent tried to get out of his way and persistently refused to stay to dinner but one day after he had been having an unusually long session with the directors of the company and was tired and hungry he consented to go to dinner with polozov who lived in a flat in the factory chapter ten charles beaumont like the average charles john james and william did not care to indulge in intimacies or personal confidences but on being asked he related his story briefly but very plainly his family he said was from canada and in canada almost half the population consisted of the descendants of french colonists his family was one of these and therefore his name was of french origin and his face was more like a frenchman's than an englishman's or yankee's but he continued his grandfather emigrated from the vicinity of quebec to new york it often happened so at the time of this emigration his father was a child afterwards of course he grew up and became a grown-up man and at this time a certain rich man with advanced ideas of agriculture determined to establish on the southern shores of the crimea instead of vineyards a cotton plantation he commissioned someone to find him a manager in north america james beaumont was recommended to him a canadian by birth a resident of new york and a man who had all his life been as many verse from a cotton plantation as you or i reader who live at petersburg or kursk have been from mount ararat this is the usual experience of such progressionists it is true that it was not the fault of the american manager's absolute ignorance of cotton plantations that his plan was ruined because to plant cotton in the crimea is as absurd as it would be to establish vineyards in petersburg and when this was found out the american manager was discharged from the cotton plantation and found a position as distiller in a factory in the government of tambov here he lived all his life here his son charles was born and soon after that he buried his wife when he was about sixty-five years old having accumulated a little money for his declining years he determined to return to america and he left charles was then twenty years old when his father died charles made up his mind to come back to russia because since he had been born and had lived twenty years in a village of the government of tambov he felt that he was a russian he had lived with his father in new york and had been a clerk in a merchant's office when his father died he went to the new york office of the london firm of hodgson lotter and company because he knew that this house had business with petersburg and after he had succeeded in making himself useful he expressed a desire to get a place in russia explaining that he knew russia it being his native land to have such an agent in russia was of course advantageous for the firm he was transferred to the london office for a trial and some six months before his dinner with polozov he came to petersburg as an agent for the firm for the purchase of stearine and tallow with a salary of five hundred pounds in perfect agreement with this tale beaumont who was born and had lived in the government of tamboft till he was twenty years old with only one american or englishman in a circle of twenty or fifty or one hundred versts around 
with his father who had been all day long in the factory in conformity with this tale charles beaumont spoke russian like a native russian and english fairly well very well but not distinctly as is likely to be the case with a man who has lived in the land of the english tongue only a few years after reaching maturity chapter eleven beaumont found himself at the dinner-table sitting with only two others the old man and a very genteel but somewhat melancholy blondinka his daughter did i ever think said polozov at dinner that the shares in this factory would ever have such importance for me it is hard for a man of my years to have such a shock come upon him but it is good that katya cares so little that i have lost her fortune for even while i live it is more her property than mine her mother had property and i had little of course i made every rouble grow into twenty it shows that on the other hand it grew more from my labour than by inheritance and how hard i worked and how much one has to know the old man talked long in this self-flattering tone and everything was gained by my sweat and blood but most of all by my brains he said in conclusion and he repeated what he said at first and that such a shock was very hard to bear and that if katya too were worried by it it seemed to him that he would lose his senses but katya not only does not worry but even consoles him either according to the american custom of not seeing anything extraordinary in a rapid accumulation of wealth or in a failure or because it was his natural character beaumont had no desire either to be overpowered by the greatness of the mind that could make three or four millions or to feel great concern for the failure which left sufficient means to allow the maintenance of a good cook but nevertheless it was necessary to offer some consolation after this long speech and therefore he said yes it is a great solace when a family faces its troubles courageously yes you speak rather doubtfully karl yakovlitch you think that katya is melancholy on account of her lost riches no karl yakovlitch no you judge her unfairly she and i have a different trouble she and i have lost our confidence in men said polozov in that half jesting half serious tone in which old and experienced people speak of the good and inexperienced thoughts of their children katerina vasilievna blushed it was disagreeable to her that her father turned the conversation to her feelings but besides her father's love there was another certain circumstance for which her father was not to blame if there is nothing to talk about and there happens to be in the room a cat or a dog the conversation will seize upon the animal and if there is no cat or dog then it goes to the children the weather is the third and the extremity of resourcelessness no papa it is hardly necessary to explain my melancholy by any motive so high you know that i have a reserved nature and i am lonesome one need not be melancholy unless he pleases says beaumont but to be bored is in my opinion unpardonable loneliness is a fashion among our brethren the english but we americans know nothing about it we have no time to be melancholy we have too much to do to allow of it i think i mean it seems to me he corrected his americanism that the russian people ought to see themselves in the same situation according to my way of looking at it they too have too much to do but in reality i see exactly the opposite in the russians they are very much disposed to reserve even the english cannot equal them in this respect englishmen are known all over europe including russia to be the most gloomy people in the world but they are as much more sociable lively and gay than the russians as they themselves are behind the french in this respect 
and your tourists tell you how reserved english society is i don't understand where their eyes are when they look at themselves and the russians are right in being gloomy said katerina vasilyevna what chance do they have for activity they have nothing to do they have to sit and fold their hands give me something to do and the chances are that i shall not be melancholy you want to find something to do oh there ought not to be any obstacle to that you see all around you such ignorance excuse me for speaking so about your country about your fatherland again he corrected his anglicism but i was born here myself and grew up here i look upon it as my own and therefore i don't stand upon ceremony you see in it genuine turkish ignorance chinese helplessness i detest your fatherland because i love it as my own i will say imitating your poet but there are great opportunities yes but what can a man much less what can a woman do but you are doing something katya said polozov i am going to expose her secret karya kovlitch she teaches little girls because she hasn't anything else to do every day she has her pupils and she is busy with them from ten o'clock till one and sometimes even longer beaumont looked up at katerina vasilyevna with respect this is our style in america of course by america i mean only the northern free states the southern states are worse than mexico almost as bad as brazil beaumont was an ardent abolitionist this is in our style he repeated and if this is so why be lonesome is this a serious undertaking mr beaumont it seems to me merely a recreation perhaps i may be mistaken perhaps you will call me a materialist do you expect such a reproach from a man belonging to a nation whose sole aim and thought as every one asserts is dollars those are idle words but i really fear to express my opinion it may seem analogous to what the obscurants are agitating about the uselessness of education now i see thought beaumont has she really come to that this is getting interesting i myself am an obscurant said he i am in favour of the illiterate coloured people against their civilised owners in the southern states excuse me i am drawn away by my american prejudices but i am very curious to know your opinion it is very prosaic mr beaumont but life brought me to it it seems to me that the thing that i am doing is too one-sided and that side to which it is directed is not the most important side if those who want to do good to the people want really to do the best for them this is what i think give men bread and they themselves will get education it is necessary to begin with bread otherwise we are simply wasting our time then why don't you begin where you ought to begin asked beaumont in a somewhat excited manner it is possible that i know instances at home in america he added i told you that i was alone and what can i do i don't know how to begin and if i did know what chance have i a girl is tied in every way i am not independent even in my own room what can i do in my room lay a book down on the table and teach children how to read where can i go alone by myself whom can i see alone what action can i take by myself it seems to me that you represent me as a despot katya said her father i am not to blame in this case and have not been since you taught me my lesson papa i am still blushing for that i was only a child then no papa you are kind you don't restrain me it is society that restrains is it true mr beaumont that a girl in america is freer in her actions yes we have that to be proud of to be sure we are far from being what we ought to be but still what a comparison between us and you europeans all that you have been told about the emancipation of women there is true 
papa let us go to america as soon as mr beaumont has bought your factory said katerina vasilievna gaily there i should accomplish something ah how happy i should be one can find something to do in petersburg said beaumont i should like to see it beaumont hesitated two or three seconds why did i come here he asked himself who would be better to find out for me haven't you heard an experiment has been tried of putting into practice the principles of political economy which have recently been established do you know them yes i have read about them it must be very interesting and profitable and i can take a part in them where can i find them it was established by a mrs kirsanova who is she is her husband a doctor do you know him and didn't he tell you about this experiment i knew him long before he was married i was very ill he called on us several times and saved me ah what a fine man he is is she like him but how could she get acquainted with mrs kirsanova will beaumont give katerina vasilievna a letter to mrs kirsanova no the kirsanovs had never even heard his name but no introduction is necessary mrs kirsanova will certainly be glad to meet such sympathy her address can easily be found where kirsanov is employed End of Part 5, Chapter 11 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine